This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, I'm Paul Wheelock and welcome to a special Blood Red podcast. It's been a magical season so far for Liverpool on the pitch, but as anyone who has followed the club this season, it's been a magical season off it too. Uh, and I'm joined by two of the men who've played a bit of a role in that. Dan Nicholson, co-founder of Boss Night and singer and musician Kieran Molyneux, who no doubt you've heard or seen playing on some of those uh, Boss Nights this season. And uh, thanks for coming in, lads. Thanks very much for having us on. Uh, thanks also to one of the regulars on our podcast, Paul Philbin. He's uh, also joined us this night. Hello. Uh, now, hopefully you're aware that Boss Night has organised the Madrid send-off party featuring Kieran, Jamie Webster, Ben Burke. That should act as uh, the perfect warm-up for the Champions League final in Madrid on uh, June the 1st. If you're not there, if you don't know already, I should say it takes place on Bank Holiday Monday at the Space by the MNS Bank Arena in Liverpool, City Centre. And would it be fair to say, Dan, that it's, this is your biggest uh, event, biggest, uh, you know, biggest night yet? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it wasn't one that we, we sort of planned too much or thought about too much um, but obviously the um, the unexpected turn <laughs> around the semi-final presented presented an opportunity um, we um, we got a lot of criticism actually from people who tried to get tickets for the Olympia the, the boss end of season party which sold out in you know, three seconds or something and crashed the, the, the ticket and website on the Sunday morning they went on sale um, so we were just inundated as we often are um, around our events um, from people wanting the opportunity to come and people pleading with us to do somewhere bigger so we we sat back and, and we spoke about it and we said you know is you know is it something we we'd like to do and give the opportunity to people in the city who maybe wouldn't normally come to one of our events and, and where could we do it and there's only one or two places bigger than the Olympia <laughs> in the city so um it's it's at space by the um by the MS Bank Arena which is the convention center part of the arena unfortunately on the night um we had a planned bank holiday monday the arena was already long booked out but working with the nice people over at the MS Bank Arena we we've got a show lined up um at the at the space part yeah and it sounds like ticket sales are going well already yeah absolutely the reaction the reaction's been been great and i think as i say it has really given an opportunity to people that wouldn't maybe normally get access to to one of our events so i think we've got some fair criticism over the years of it being a bit of a yeah a cl- I mean, closed shop or a click you know most of our events are word of mouth they are they are free events you know we've never been about making money off people as such and you know, we've put on dozens and dozens of events over the years after the match that have all been been free um, where we sort of looked after the, um, I don't know, like the away lads, the hardcore, what do you say? Yeah, the the, the regulars, mates, essentially. The regulars, yeah. yeah, I mean, it started off as our mates, didn't it? That's, yeah. all, that, that's, that's why we put on in the first place. But as you say, there's been, there's been criticism around some of the shows at District where you've had seven, 800 people queuing around the block in the pouring down rain, not being able to get in because it's locked out. And the next natural step is to go to a bigger space. We've done that with the Olympia and there were still yeah. people locked out in the, in the streets in the Olympia so the next natural step to go to a bigger space and we're doing it we're doing the arena mate you know what I mean and so I'm looking forward to it yeah and it's mad isn't it like you know when we had you with Dan with Jamie before the start of this season you, we were looking back at Shevchenko Park we were looking back at the, the summer tour to America and it's just kicked on again hasn't it this season this this kind of movement it's not with just yourselves with the Anfield rap and you know it seems to be getting bigger and bigger all the time and more and more people want to get involved with it. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, that fan, that grassroots culture, I love Pearl FC. Um, I think we are arguably leading the way across the whole world. And, you know, Boss is just playing a tiny, tiny, tiny role in that because there's many, many, many other organisations and fan groups that are doing stuff. And it's just exciting. It's fun. 
Um, there's a real sort of collective spirit around the football club at the minute. I think it's arguably something that the club are embracing as well, but it is all fan-led. If it came from the top down, it wouldn't have half success as it would do now. Do you know, even the likes of this podcast and um, what the Anfield rap lads are doing, that's the club pushing out the content. Probably people, mm. but the idea that it's fan-led um, is really adding weight to it and making people feel part of this sort of collective feel-good factor. Paul, you're a fan yourself, aren't you? Home and away, you'll be mm-hmm. there in Madrid. What do you yeah. make of it all? I think it's brilliant. Like, at the end of the day, these lads are giving up their spare time to be letting other people enjoy themselves. And I have been to plenty of the events and they're always the, the great. Like, so I, when Dan's saying about people having a go, I, just, I think it's crazy that there's local lads here just trying to look after yous. There's absolutely no need to be having a go yet. Go, just if you want to go, go and enjoy yourself. And if you, for some weird reason, don't want to go, don't say anything about <laughs> yeah, it. Like, it's <laughs> funny though because we're caught at both ends of the spectrum, and we're only talking about a tiny, tiny, tiny handful of people here. But the the criticism that I alluded to before from people saying we can't get into your events, you know, we were locked out, and like, how do we get tickets? All that kind of thing, and you're like, how do you get tickets? It's free. You just turn up. But, you know, there's people that aren't as well-informed as others that then, as I say, get in touch and uh, have a go. You need to do somewhere bigger, more accessible, that kind of thing. And when we announced that bigger, more accessible place, we've got a lot of people saying to us, you're selling out, you know, <laughs> what a rip-off, that kind of thing. So so we're really, you know, caught in the middle of this. Um, but but for us, we, we assessed the opportunity. We sat down and looked at it and thought, is this something we, we want to do? We thought there is. Now, there is a cost associated with it. A few people have said it's £21 the tickets plus the £4 booking fee that the ticket website put on as an admin charge. There's no way around that. You know, if you ever go to a gig at the, the arena or the convention centre, easy 50 quid plus. You know, even like a yeah. mainstream indie yeah, band, minimum you're, like, you're yeah. looking at 50, 60, 70 quid, easy. And there's a reason for that. It costs a fortune to hire the place. It costs a fortune to bring in equipment. It costs a fortune to staff it, that kind of thing. Um, at £21 plus the £4 booking fee, we, that's the absolute bare minimum, minimum on a spreadsheet. There's every chance you might even lose money on this, you know. <laughs> but, but that's the bare minimum that we had to charge. So we got criticism for that. But we've been doing gigs for free for years and years and years. You know, our heart has always been in the right place. And with this arena gig, nothing has changed. It's just that the costs are sky high. But we can't knock at the arena head office and say, I want the lad Jamie Webster there. He's a sound lad, you know, he's got his own sound <laughs> system that he can bring along. Can we have a free? It just doesn't work like that. No, not at all. And I think, to be honest, we need to reiterate that it's a small portion of people who, who are coming yeah. out with this sort of stuff. And as you said, they do seem to be serial moaners, some of these people. And I think that anyone who's been to a boss night in the past, and I think anyone who who knows what boss night's about, even if they just watch the videos or watch the videos with the kids or whatever it is, they know it's something positive and they can see what me I'm doing myself and they can see what Jamie's doing, why we're doing it. And the reasons behind it all is to have a positive effect on our fan base and our team and it's definitely doing that. So get behind and if, you, if you're not behind the idea of doing the arena, like I say, keep, keep it to yourself. I'd say, I'd say yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and I think after that will go, you know, we are going to guarantee a really good time. We've got obviously our regular lads that are playing, um, Ben Keaton and Jamie, Got some very, very special guests lined up. You know, I think everyone's seen some of the people we've had over the past few years and weeks, um, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, we've got a few more of those lined up. So it, it is set to be a good night. And you know what? We may never, ever do something like this again. 
Um, you know, we're in a very unique position at the minute where the football club's doing so well on the pitch and that obviously translates off the pitch. Um, I don't think any was expected to get to Madrid after the first like at Barcelona. Um, so, you know, we're in a very, very unique time here. We may get to next season, we may think, you know what, well, I'm not going to bother doing anything <laughs> you know, for months and months and months. So it may be all season. So, so it is a chance. Yeah, so definitely. people want to come along and experience um, the, the kind of gig that we put on. And like I say, most of our gigs are normally eighteen plus, and they're in a small venue where it's, where it's crowded and and it's everyone's been on the air all day and stuff like that. And this is this is this is a bit different. This is in an arena to fourteen plus gig. If you're with an adult, but as we were saying before, there's a there's a bit of an age gap there. If you're under fourteen, there was we had boss kids recently, which yeah. which went down very well. If you're between fourteen and seventeen, it's a bit of an awkward age where you sort of know the score, but you're not allowed in anywhere. So if you if you're accompanied by an adult, this could be your first ever boss night and it's what a hell of a one to go to in the Echo Arena. In a few years, those who are 14, 15, 16 will be old enough to be going to the events yeah. that the lads are putting on. So get a taste of it early on. If if you're a parent and you've got nothing to do on that bank holiday Monday, go and buy a ticket and support these lads because at the end of the day, it's local lads doing things that is allowing other people to have a good time, like really. Definitely, and not everyone's going to Madrid as well, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of people who can't afford it, a lot of people who haven't got tickets, a lot of people who, you know, can't get off work. There's a, there's a lot of people in that situation and what we're talking about or what we'll go on to, or what we've done in the fan park last year in Kiev, that, this might be the chance to experience something like that and, and celebrate the fact that we're going to a European Cup final and we turned it round against the, one of the best sides yeah, in Europe. And, and the number six is on the cards now, you know what I mean? Definitely. Before we get on to Shevchenko Park and the, the, the game against Tottenham, I've just got to ask you about the Olympia. You've uh, you've made reference to it a couple of nights. Philbo, you've already said, mate, it was the best night you've been to. We've probably yeah, all seen the videos of uh, Jamie Carragher on stage. It was. It just looks, it looks an amazing night. You know, people, you can see how well it was shared, wasn't it, on Facebook yeah. and Twitter as well. People just, just look like they absolutely yeah, it loved it. Good. It was just... Um, I mean, it's like the perfect release to the end of uh, end of that roller coaster of a season. Obviously, it never turned out quite how we wanted on the pitch, um, and I think maybe being a tiny bit of disappointment. You know, um, in the ground, I think we had the best eighty-five seconds of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> we did have before, so it was going to happen. Then I, it went sat, a I, I sat flat. in the main stand as well, right by that woman in the upper main stand who decided to try and convince everyone it had gone to two. And yeah. did you hear about that? There was yeah. a woman in the main stand, and it was just honestly, I was I was on cloud now. It was like a good eighty yeah. seconds, like, and it came crashing down. Yeah, <laughs> crashing well, down. But I think once once that full time whistle went, we gave the players, you know, a good clap off the pitch and stuff, and like, thank you for the season. And I think everyone just sort of overcome that. Yeah, I think yeah. disappointments and just it was party. It's not time, the first yeah. time I think we've lost the league yeah. and had a big party yeah. go down, is it? You know uh, I, mean? I think um, like the way. We didn't win the league on the final day by the hour and hour mark. We all knew about like, it weren't happening, so just crack on, get on with the rest of your day, enjoy the nights. Like other than Madrid, there's lads you probably won't see until August. So you go and have a bevy with them, like, and just enjoy yourself. And that's what everyone did, didn't they? Yeah, like, did. That, yeah, it that middle that. tier was yeah. amazing. I don't know if he's got up to it uh, up yeah. there, like being backstage, but it was so much fun. Like it was great. Yeah, it was good. Um, and yeah, it was it was just a good release, and um, I, th- I think the whole night. You know, we had a few different artists on that night that the, the, um, on the occasionally play for us. We had Louis Berry on. We had um, we had John Power on as, yeah. as a special guest, and John did um, this incredible version of "You'll <sighs> yeah. Never Walk Alone." Yeah, I watched it earlier. Now in the um, in the sound check earlier in the day, John said to me, "I'm going to do You'll Never Walk Alone." Yeah. So I said to him, "Like, oh, obviously, amazing." And he, he knows this, so I didn't need to tell him, but the crowd that night in the Olympia were, were the hardcore of, you know, the, 
the, the support, you know, the, the, the long-standing traditional fans, the away crowd, the, the, the lads who go um, go to Europe, that kind of thing. And I said to them, I said to John, the, for them, you'll never walk alone is a five to three yeah. and at a funeral. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we'd normally sing on a yeah. night out or walk through, you know, a, a, a town in Europe singing or be on the back of a coach coming home from a away game singing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not that kind of song for us, but, you know, we, we said, well, maybe this might just work given the season we had. And God, it was just unbelievable. I was nearly in tears. Yeah, saw some of the hardest lads from the match. I'm going off the middle with tears in the eyes. That's when I knew it would work. So, so yeah, it was an incredible night. Do you think, you know, you know, you go on social media, it can be a horrible place at times, and there's a lot of like the anyone but Liverpool brigades. And do you think it's jealousy in a way that the fact that you see videos from nights like what yourselves do and they go, God, these having a great time. You know, it's much more than just a football kind of thing. Do you think people like look on enviously that you can have nights like that? Some just can't comprehend it. You know, City obviously get a lot of stick for the success they have. And in comparison, the lack of parties and celebration that we saw with... Yeah. The the parade the other day, it just didn't seem to have that same feel that that we have or other teams would have. So I think part of it is that they just don't quite get that actually having a good time isn't directly linked to to sort of on the pitch success. Now we've had some amazing nights where we've been we've got beat, <clears throat> we've gone to United or something, got beat, mm-hmm. came back and just had this incredible party anyway. I think some fans just can't quite get their heads around that. I think ultimately, kind of things that we do, just about having a good time with your mates. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't set out with any big business plan, anything like that. We started doing events, gigs, to for our mates to perform and for our mates to listen and have yeah, a good time in the audience. I, they are aware of it. The rest of the country is definitely aware. So some can't comprehend it and some mm-hmm. are slowly trying to imitate it, aren't they? I think we've mm-hmm. seen a video going viral the other day of Spurs, didn't yeah. we, where they were singing a lay, lay, lay on the concourse. And for... For all the stick that we've been getting, I think even off Evertonians, I've had Evertonian mates come up to me and say, don't tell anyone I told you this, like, but it looks good what he's doing there, like, you know what I mean? And I might be sorry, I can see why. I mean, like I say, it's just a load of like-minded people on the same That's page, all on the yeah. aisle watching, watching... And all we're doing is bringing lads. people together. Like, we're not nothing special as people that are organised or even like to a certain extent, the lads who perform and will say the same. You know, it's about the like-minded people together mm-hmm. in, in the same room. That's what makes it. And I, um, I, I don't, don't mean to like go too deep about it, but we do live in kind of like disparate times, don't we? And people have different tastes. It's, it's rare nowadays, doesn't yeah. it? Like there's a collective yeah. almost kind of thing. Like, you know, it's, it's certainly Especially something so organic as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, normally you've got people, that amount of people in a room like that. There's a big, huge team behind it. There's massive amounts of capital behind it. But this is something that started in a, pretty much an open mic night in a bar off Renshaw yeah. Street. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're, in, now we're in the arena, you know what I mean? So... And going all over the world, like just before we get on to the Champions League final, like when we were, I say, we were speaking last summer, you've been to Barcelona, Munich, Paris, Dubai as well this yeah, this yeah, year as well, year, like, you yeah. know. So, <laughs> it's been fun, and it's just because you know, there's a little demand, people keep on saying to us, why don't you do it, why don't you do it, why don't you do it? So like so the, the the Dubai one was um, through the Dubai Sports Club, and they say, can we come over, we can do something in conjunction with them. The stuff we've done in, in Paris, um, Munich and Barcelona, that was organised by us. There's a lot of misconception that the club are involved in, in yeah. these kind of nights, mm-hmm. but it's not. This is us sort of approaching venues in those cities and saying, 
you know, we'd quite like to do something. And the first thing they say is, amazing, our higher costs are this. You know, the cost of a sound system is this, blah, blah, blah. And then we turn it around and say, well, actually, it needs to be for free. You know, because because the, what we're doing, we don't want to be perceived. You know, we're not out there as some big money making machine. So when we've done stuff in Paris, Munich, Barcelona, and when there's a game, you always yeah. try to yeah. make a free entry. Yeah, we've had to say, you know, it, it costs enough to go the match anyway, because we're just match going lads ourselves. So we know the cost of of getting to places. We know the rip off elements around around football. So we don't want to be part of of that. So we need to argue with venues and say, here's our proposition to you. And I'll be honest, most say straight away, thanks for no thanks, because this model just doesn't exist where yeah. you can hire somewhere for free. Um, but but in Munich, Barcelona and in Paris, so we managed to find good people who who agreed to it. And in each of those places, we had a great time. Yeah, and again, worked. we know it's not for everyone. Um, we're not saying we're not forcing everyone who, who goes to Barcelona to come. In all honesty, it's 30 degrees outside. I think I'd rather be outside. <laughs> but... Um, in there, we had a full house over two thousand people. It's another lockout. Full of people fans. couldn't get in. So yeah. Yeah, right, you couldn't get into Paris. Like yeah. we were the other end of the city of Paris from where it was, and it took ages to get over. Yeah. And by the time we got there, it was like it was a lockout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of people just having a good time, listening to good music. Um, you know, Liverpool FC is this massively broad church, and you see it at the European aways where you've got these different different groups of people. Then you've got the Scousers, you've got the um, the um, UK. Reds, you know, from different parts of, of the country, and now you've got this massive, massive group of people from all over Europe that just travel, that just want to be a part of it and want to be a part of the culture. And I think that's what we found in Barcelona. You know, it's just a good turnout, a good mixture of all three of those. Yeah, let's, just let's, let's a good be time. honest. I mean, we were all concerned whether the fact that it was 27, 30 degrees outside, mm. and it was, you know, there were squares everywhere, and the, the ale prices weren't that bad and, you know, and everyone... Beach. Yeah. <laughs> you all thought, people going to come here? Genuinely, like, are people going to come here? Mm. And then, before you know it, they were queuing. And then, yeah. before you knew it, it was full. And we were thinking, yeah, sounds, let's do this, you know yeah. what I mean? Because at the end of the day, there's people in there, might have been the first boss night, might have been the... Might have, might be regulars, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they had an appetite for it and the show was great, wasn't it? You know what yeah. I mean? You wouldn't, you, 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 you wouldn't have known that there was thousands of reds in the squares. I felt like... Everyone was in there, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you know, the microscope went on, um, went on our fan base a tiny bit with some of the um, stuff that went on around um, Barcelona. Yeah. Um, course, yeah. So there's lots of debate on Twitter, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, there's room for everyone to, to, to be involved in, in, in this and, and be a part of it. So you know, I was just having a bit of fun. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Ken, and no doubt you've had a, a lot of fun, mate, over this past year. What's, yeah. it, what's it like, you know? You know, I know you play in the Sandham before the, every Liverpool mm. home game, don't you? But what's it like coming to Barcelona, playing in front of your fellow fans? What, what? It must crazy, be some bush. You look at the venue of Barcelona, I mean, the, the, the Munich venue. Was, yeah, the Razzmatazz. Yeah. The Munich venue backstage is brilliant as well. Even the Palace one was, 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 was a great venue. It was like a sort of micro-brewery, but the Razzmatazz is a, is a pretty well-known venue mm. For, mm. for any music fan across Europe. It's a... It's a huge space. It's in one of the best. My Barcelona's one of my favourite cities in Europe anyway. I've been there loads of times. So to be able to play play that venue for the start was amazing. But then when it filled out and you walked out, it felt like a, a proper gig. The stage was huge, you know what I mean? It was a, the lights and the sound system was unbelievable. Same for the Olympia, to be honest. That was that was the same. It's 
every when you start playing music, you everyone dreams of crowds, everyone dreams of big gigs. And although every one of us, Jamie, me, Ben, we'll all pursue our original music at some point at the minute, we're a part of this movement, which mm. is not only just in and cool and everyone's enjoying it, it's 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 got an influence now. I was saying, I was saying to Dan, I remember him, he gave me a text when after a district show when we first knocked out the Nabi Keita and the Robbo tune and got a text off Dan saying, just got a text from someone at the club saying Nabi and Andy Robbo have been watching your video and the changes and it was just a bit like, hang on a minute. <laughs> like, hang on a minute. I used to play in front of a couple of my mates and, and now like it's reaching the players here. It's, got a, it's having an impact. And you remember the video of Jamie watching, Virgil watching the video of Jamie in Munich. It's like, this is having an impact. That's our centre-half, that. Mm-hmm. And he's not only just any centre-half, he's probably the best yeah. centre-half in the world and he's watching the video of, of a boss night on a on phone and live on BT, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's surreal. It's great though, isn't it? Let's face yeah. it, at the end of the day, I mean, as I, as I said to someone else yesterday, if you were in my position, in Jamie's position, Ben's position, even Dan's position, you go at this full throttle. You, let's, let's try and play as many big gigs as we can. Let's try and reach as many players as we can. Let's try and lift the atmosphere because I think it has lifted the atmosphere as well, hasn't it? I think, I think that's But it is, I mean, we are still in a small part yeah. of it, you know, it's it got to reiterate that, you know, the, we are just a tiny, tiny yeah, part of, course, of the, course, this course. feel good fact that it's, that's around the club, but it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Is, is there any one pinch yourself moment you've had so far when you've been up on stage and you just think like, oh Christ? <laughs> like, Kiev was a big one to be honest because I remember in Kiev it, um, the club hired the guitars. We didn't even chip our guitars out. There. We got we had hired guitars and John Power came up to me and was like, "Who's the lucky guitar?" <laughs> I said, it's mid, mind that John, and let the club club have let me. You know what I mean? Like, do, you, do you mind if I lend it for the cast songs? It might sound all right. And I was like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John, yeah, take it, mate, yeah. I said, um, only a D tuning. Uh, do you mind? I just said, yeah, of course. I looked at me back, couldn't find a tuner anywhere for the, for the guitar. So John Powers D tuning this guitar and sound check. And I'm going to go on with Jamie. I'm in a portal in my phone and charge tuning this guitar up. So, like I said, I've grew up listening to John Power and, and the Lars and Cast and things like that and sort of grew up, grew up dreaming of crowds like that. And to walk out to Jeff Shane Cup to an absolute sea of red people. To be alongside one of your one of your good mates who you travel Europe with, with a load of other good mates who you travelled Europe and played some great gigs with the side of the stage. That was a bit, that was a bit of a big moment. So yeah, I probably pick Kiev out of a lot of them, but I'm sure as we're all we're all on to, we might there might be another more opportunity to play in front of crowds like that in the future if we if we keep qualifying for European Cup finals. Yeah, best ask that question then. Is there any plans for Madrid? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, can't say too much um, at the moment. But in the coming days, um, yeah, they'll get announced. Brilliant. But we're working with with the club on, on this one. Um, I said before that the ones we've done in Europe this season have been independent of the club, which you know is is the way we'd normally operate things. But for something like a European Cup final with tens and tens and tens of thousands of people heading over, um, you've got to sort of work with, with with the authorities. So we're just back and forth with the club at the minute, just working it out. It's something we've touched on this podcast, and certainly the last one we did with yourself, Dan and, and Jamie. Like the club get it now, don't they? You know, you know they, they are partnering with you with a big event like this with with Kiev, and then everything that Kieran was saying there about the players sharing the videos. You know, they are they're, they're on board. It does feel like everything's as one, doesn't it? You know, there is an element of, of trust. And I think there's a breakthrough moment in the past twelve months, eighteen months with the club where they realised actually they can trust these people. 
you know, whether it's ourselves, whether it's like the Anfield Rap that have done stuff, you know, whether it's the independent media channels that are getting access to players where they may not have previously got yeah. access, that kind of thing. There's a real element of, of trust. And I think when it comes to support a culture, it's got to come from the grassroots. It's got to come from the bottom up. You try and impose stuff on, on the fans and they reject it. 100%. So I think sort of working with, with, with the likes of us, it can only benefit everybody. Absolutely, I echo that. Spot on there. What he said. I think um, the club the past year or so have been spot on, and I think I said to you the other week. I, I don't think there's a club in the whole world where the fans and the players are as close as what they are in Liverpool now. And Klopp had the same thing at Dortmund as he did. A, he has got now at Liverpool, and it's great. He's been a Liverpool fan at the minute. I think it's the first time that in, in my lifetime that that might have happened as well. Because even under Benitez. When even we won we when we won a European Cup, I still remember our fellas behind me moaning about this rotation system, yeah. <laughs> moaning the fact that we hadn't signed a decent winger. There was it wasn't a hundred percent united. I yeah. mean, I was behind Benitez a hundred percent. I think most of yeah. my generation yeah. were, to be honest. But there was a few older fellas who disagreed, or and you hear in the comments. And then when that result started didn't go our way, it was a there was a cl- quite clear divide. Yeah. But at the minute, I don't think there's a single Liverpool fan. Who'd, who'd swap Klopp for any other manager in the world. Yeah, and I think this feel-good fact that 100% comes from Jürgen as well. Yeah, you know, if, if it was Hodgson in charge, you know, I don't think we'd be, um, <laughs> we'd, we'd be having all this off-the-pitch stuff. But I think it is right, you know, to say when the club do get it right. To say, yeah, there you go. Give yeah, some they, they now, they're not getting every single thing right, as we know, but it is this sort of journey. To, um, you think about what it was like 10 years ago when we were literally fighting the club on the streets, you know, yeah. that divide. B- between us and how much it's been turned around now do you feel closer to the players in a way Paul because you know obviously the players nowadays earn just ridiculous amounts of money and you know people like Virgil van Dijk deserve it but when you hear stories like what Kieran was saying there the fact that they're still in touch with that grassroots fan culture does that make you feel like almost better about them not, not the fact that oh, they're just brilliant footballers absolutely. as well absolutely um, even like small things for me like I don't know what you think but when the players come and applaud you when you go down to Southampton on a Friday night. Stuff like that means so much to so many people. And the last few years, it's, there's less and less players just walking down the tunnel right away. They're coming over and they're not just standing on the halfway line. They're coming right over to us. And even after the Barcelona game, when they were all stood in front of the cop, these things that are happening now just shows the unity right throughout the club. That's it, really. And you can really... <laughs> looking back, even under Rodgers, what, like, the players would be down the sun all right away apart from the odd few but no matter what win, lose, draw they'll come over even in Barcelona when we got hammered Milner was right by the corner flag applauding us so yeah, it's great and long may it continue really So where does Barcelona 4-0 second leg standing you know sound great nights I, 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 I was defeated you know after that first leg I, I mean a few of my mates will be first to tell me this that I, I should have booked my ideas because honestly I was like I'm very I'm an opportunist like, I'm, a, I'm an optimist when it comes to Liverpool fans I'm not about in the troops but I just see, I see no way back there I'll be honest I see nah, absolutely for me I kept on using the word insurmountable yeah. you know this is an insurmountable task the idea that we'd have to score three and then find the energy to just get at level and then find the energy to go on and score another about Messi scoring, yeah. it's just it, yeah, exactly. It just seemed for me like one one bridge too far. I know I'm feel special on the European. I'm saying this to myself. I know it's special under the lights, and I know we've got a good side. But it was when we didn't have Firmino playing, yeah. and, and we didn't have Salah, and it was like 
come on. I mean, if you had them two on the pitch, they can score three goals in the first half and then you've got to nick one and it's on. But like, I just see no way back at all. And again, it's the clock factor, I think. Any other manager, even Guardiola doesn't turn that no. round. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Guardiola's a great manager and, and he's achieved some great things, but that there's one manager in, in European football who can genuinely turn that 3-0 down at the new camp. Yeah, and I, me- I remember watching all the press conference after him before and I think he was playing dumb a bit because like after the first one he said, oh, we just needed that away goal and then he played it to perfection. But his motivation, it's his motivational skill. It's not only is he a brilliant football manager, but what he does to the fans and the players is... Just, he, he's changed the whole setup, hasn't yeah. he? I, like, I was just saying to them, um, Paul was just saying then, sorry. He was um, under the Rodgers era, I remember the, the Hodgson era at Stoke when we got beaten and he came down towards the tunnel, there was just pockets of his in that front left corner <clears> and the atmosphere between the players and the manager yeah. and the fans was just all over the place. Yeah. We didn't want any of it to be the way it was. And at the minute now, we're like a piece of a jigsaw away from it being exactly where we wanted to yeah. be. And I think that's why everyone feels so positive, even though we, we haven't won the league. I think the fact that if we would have dropped a few points in them last few games, then we would have been sitting here saying, like, you know, this, this, this is the same old, but we never, we never, we went right to the end, we won all our games, and there's not, we can't fault our players at all, can't fault our manager, and we've got a European Cup final on the cards. Dan, predictions or thoughts on the final? Tottenham, we're about what, 10 days away now. Yeah, um, I honestly think we'll do it. I think we are a better team than them. I think we'll be more finely tuned. I think we're more experienced at getting to finals. This is a new thing for Spurs. Um, and, you know, we've all taken it like the off-the-pitch stuff too much. You know, I think there's a lot around logistics and knowing what to do and everything like mm-hmm. that. I reckon I'll have to sit there in my bayer now, getting so, so finely tuned. Whereas Spurs as a football club might be a bit more panicky. Particularly with the season they've had around, not being able to move into the stadium, all that kind of thing. I honestly think that those little things just mean that extra one or two percent, which can win you the final. So I'm going into this relatively confident. Bilbo, I know we'll speak next week, mate, uh, mm-hmm. on a podcast before the, the yeah. game. But how are you feeling? You know, this close to it now. Confident, like at the end of the day, this Tottenham side this season have lost 19 games. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to look at that and go, yeah, we're favourites. But as Dan just said, like logistics, the little things, like the club have been putting on Instagram, like the last day or two, where the, the players are just on this spinny thing and saying the names and stuff. Most of our squad are used to that because they've done it last season. Tottenham players will be like. They're like, we're doing this. This is preparation for the Champions League final. And no matter what, that occasion could get to Tottenham. And you've got a fancy us. There'll be some send-off party on Bank Holiday Monday. But before then, lads, Ireland, is it? This yeah. week, four dates over there? Yeah, we go Thursday. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's Dublin first on Thursday. Yep. Then it's Port Lease. Yes. On Friday. It's my birthday. Yeah. A little bit of <laughs> And Saturday is Cork Outdoor yep. Show. And That's Sunday right. is Belfast. Right? That's right, yeah. Oh, I've nailed that. Yeah. The first so four, <laughs> days, <laughs> four dates on the Belton Island. Um, the Irish can't get enough of, of sort of what yeah. we do. And the demand for us to go over and, and do these shows um, is there all the time. Um, Belfast sold out in, in minutes. Dublin sold out in minutes. We're down to the last handful of tickets for Port Lease, maybe even gone by now. And Cork, there's still a few left. Um, but it's just going over and having having a great time and sort of taking this this scouse culture, this sort of homegrown culture. Lads like Kieran and Jamie getting up on stage and playing the songs that we all sing, you know, going to and from the matches and stuff, and taking it over 
to the Irish and they just really embrace it and just have a good time. Yeah, they do. They definitely, they try and get involved. And I think we've all seen fans come over here and not under, understand song lyrics or not understand the way things work. And I think by taking what we do on the road to Ireland and stuff like that, they hear songs that they may not hear when, they, when they've come over before. Or if I say bass is a lava bed up on my chest, for example, I mean, I, I go over there singing that, that gets videoed. All these Irish fans start listen, singing the old songs and when they come over, it's, it's uniting fan base, I think, slowly. I think, I, think, I think they get it. I think they enjoy it. And I think they, there's definitely an appetite there for, for, for um, Liverpool fans in Ireland and Boston. Like, yeah, there is. And it's not just about those terrorist chants. Um, they're the ones that get videoed and posted loads. But you know, there's a very, very, very sort of Merseyside feel to, to what we do, the music that gets played in between the live acts and the lads will play a few of their own tunes. They'll play covers from... Um, from other bands, you know, and it's not just about those terrace chants. For me, it's about bringing music and football. Um, you know, that's what Boss Nights always yeah, are. I say some of the early Boss Nights don't, don't think we sometimes we never played a Liverpool song all yeah, night. Yeah. We you know what I mean. We're just playing other covers and other songs, and sometimes we adapt them and change a few lyrics. And I think that's how a few Liverpool songs have been started over the years, haven't they? Just by yeah. playing a few different covers, and then I think at Jordan Anderson one for Jamie. I think he just played Mrs. Robinson one day, didn't he? And That's then right, before yeah. you know, there was a Jordan Anderson song out of it. So, so yeah, um, it's not just the terrorist chants and the Liverpool songs. It's, yeah, it's, and these lads got their own careers to think yeah, about, you know, the original music, you know. Um, both Jamie and um, Kieran and Ben as well, you know, will drop in a few of their own songs um, they'll have to be looking to release soon. Brilliant. It'll be a special night, but just one final one. Like, I know you've both been very modest and you've both very emphasised that you only play a small role to play, but you know, when you are there at the, the arena on uh, on Monday in Bangkok, it must be, you know, must be quite a great feeling to be going, you're going to be playing in front of thousands of fans in your home city on the waterfront. Definitely, yeah. It's it's a proud moment, isn't it? Like I say, it's the biggest venue in the city. I mean, we, after the Olympia, I mean, the feeling of playing the Olympia was unreal to see the massive Liverpool fans in scarves and shirts and singing the songs back and then this balcony of wall of banners and, and the spotlight to go across you'd spot a few of your mates hanging over it just absolutely having it it's um it's a special feeling to be able to play to crowds like that and yeah. to be able to do and it in the biggest people, venue yeah. but see people having a good time you know, that's honestly that's all it's about you know just yeah, seeing definitely. people we, we love football we love music that kind of thing we can do something where people enjoy it with all the worries going on in life all that kind of thing get out the house enjoy it yeah definitely I think it'll be fun I to be able to get the most people in in a one space in, Bo- in boss night history will be yeah. a bit of a moment for us wanted to have a, a venue that size considering we'll all I think we'll all stand there and remember the size of the bar that we started in and the fact that the people that couldn't get in is now there's <laughs> the opportunity it's next Monday night bank holiday Monday uh, I think doors will be 6pm but we'll get stuff going around 7pm um Kemper, Kieran Molyneux, Jamie Webster and some very special guests along the way. Um, both, can't say too much, but um, might be the odd musician and the odd person who's graced the pitch at some point. It's that lovely there, haven't you? It's a lovely, <laughs> it's a lovely <laughs> teaser. But, but, but it, will be, it, it will be a good night, I'd say. It's 14 and over as well, so... Um, you know, it's like young people can get in, and they have been able to be forced so long as they're accompanied by an adult. And um, you know, the, the night should be done at ten, quarter to eleven thereabouts. That's it. Sounds it's, sounds a brilliant night. No excuses, really, because it's early enough to uh, get home and, and work on the yeah. Tuesday. So, 
I'm no gonna... excuse if you've got a European Cup final. No, no, exactly, yeah, that as well. Go out and enjoy yourself. Anything. Yeah, and Dan, thanks very much for coming in, lads, and sharing the story. And, and Phil Bob, as always, mate, for being on one of our podcasts and organising this one tonight. Uh, we will be back with loads of podcasts before the final limited. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.